were bad, but now they're okay. Only me or my, you're the apple of my eye, girl. I never loved one like you. Found you hiding here, so won't you take my hand, darling? There's nothing that can stop you from becoming popular, Lar. TBD podcast. I am your host, Space Raven 18. I've got here with me Bethany. Well, you can introduce yourself, Bethany. <laughs> I'm Bethany. I am not that beyond Tumblr. And we're back for all the other ghosts. I'm sure Yay. you guys were excited. Yay! Okay. I'm excited. I'm excited. And we are doing chapters 17 through 19 today, which mm-hmm. this is where we get start to get into why I really like this fic. Um, mm-hmm. I think it just starts to... The main plot, as we've talked before, um, has been about somebody in the universe um, taking supers and um, doing stuff to them. And while this doesn't directly tie into that plot it does set things in motion to set up the end of the fic and everything kind of moves forward from there and i think like i said i I feel like when i read through all the other ghosts a lot after they get together i feel like it's like kicking around time until we get to about this point um and i mean even like getting to the sex so maybe after between chapters 10 and about here I'm kind of like, let's go and like twiddling our thumbs, like, come on, right? And I get it; she's doing a lot of character work and a lot of development and whatnot. But um, yeah, and just it's nice. I like plot driven. I mean, I, I, I mean, we all know that I really like characterization, and and characters are the most important thing. I think if you don't have an emotional connection to your characters, it doesn't work. But right, sometimes just being in somebody's head too much kind of feels repetitive and and i just want to get on with the plot so right that's how i Definitely feel about agree it agree with that 
All right. So we've reached New Year's in Chapter 17, and they have New Year's sex. I have nothing to add. Go enjoy yourself. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> so I'm like I always try to see if I can pull out something to write in my notes and that I'm like I didn't it's just sex enjoy it right, it's, it's fan sex. fiction <laughs> that's what it's here for right um, so um, afterwards we do have Blaine um, he's on the internet again and you know like he's wearing the phalanx costume it's so right. funny like he's an existential crisis because he is he is phalanx but he's talking to these people who like want the ghosts and phalanx to be a ship, and he's like, we, you know, people. Uh, the, the weird thing is, and I don't remember what specifically was here, but it's an interesting thing to bring up because I think it's a thing that we even do. And he, you know, um, is that people attribute feelings to him. So of course, phalanx has to feel this because this is how I see it. This is how phalanx mm-hmm. is. And Blaine takes a step back and is like, "That's so weird." Right. So, it's kind is of this the part is this the part where he gets the nani or not the nani the um it might even be a friend who like messages them and is like do you not like planks why are you not talking yeah. about him yeah, yeah that's i think that's it he's like why you, you you do everything glow ghost <laughs> <laughs> ghost you talk everything about ghosts but you don't really do anything about phalanx and um and he's like, it just feels weird to do that. So he does. He's like, well, I just don't, I guess I just don't ship them. I don't ship them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it's weird. And so I, I feel like this is a good point to have that conversation about, like, you know, we do it about actors all the time. Oh, Chris didn't, wasn't feeling it that day. That's why he was acting like this. I'm like, we don't know right. that. We really yeah. don't know that. Like, unless he says, oh, yeah, the, you know, during this time period, I was having an issue. You know, we can assume, uh, assume is too strong a word. We can, you know, there are times when, you know, for example, so-and-so was having a great day on set and they talked about it in interviews and then, okay, yeah, you can see that coming through in screen or whatnot. But right. it's disingenuous to feel like, well, obviously Chris hated the show at this point. This is, uh, you know, you can definitely right. tell Kurt. I'm like, you don't know that. Right. You don't. Um, and, and really just, you can use that in your everyday life things too. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, oh, my boss is having a bad day. Well, she hates me. Well, do you, do you know that she hates you or do you know she's having a bad day? Or like, you know, like you don't know exactly what somebody's feeling. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but it is weird when you think about like, we write all of these opinion pieces on, you know, Chris did this or Darren does that. And, and you know, it's not, they're not there to speak for themselves, so. Correct. Right. And I keep thinking of, it's not, I agree, the word isn't assume, but I don't know what it is. It's like, um, it's almost like project, like we Mm -hmm. can project feelings or opinions or or moods on these people, but we're never going to be correct. Right. So, you know what I mean? Like, even if we're close, we're, you know what I mean? Like, it's not. It's not our place to do that. Yeah. And it's kind of funny because even so, like, we follow these actors pretty closely. I feel like I knew about Darren Chris's life than I probably ever wanted to know. But at the same time, yeah. I'm not his friend. Right. You know, I'm not, you know, in his personal life. There are things. Yeah, we can assume, like, 
you know, Chris likes British people, like or British the monarchy, because he said that all the time and he talks about it and it, whatever. Yeah, so you know, that makes sense. But at the same time, like we just because we know those personal facts about somebody doesn't mean that we actually know them. Correct. So, I think it gets into a sticky area. Mm-hmm. Um, so, just keep an eye out when you guys are when you're having conversations about people in the real world. And you know what I'm seeing again? This is driving me crazy because Tin Hat fandom, that kind of thing that, you know, oh, these people are dating. Like, it just happened with um, Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga for Star Wars. Oh, Sport, my gosh. Yes. Which is just crazy and inaccurate. And they would have said something. For the most part, these days, it's hard to really actually hide something. Or, you know, it's their, if they are dating, it's their own personal thing. But, uh, like, it's not. I've also recently seen it with Tom Holland and Zendaya. Like, Uh they're kids. Leave them alone. Who cares? Like, all of these things. I'm like, I see it so much more. And I'm like, hmm. I think we see it so much more now because of what we've been through with other things. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. because those are the exact two... uh, examples that I was going to bring up was going to be Tom Holland and Zendaya and Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. Like the way that those two things are just blown out of control. Yeah. I don't know. Like, and I'm know. not even looking for it. I mean, no. like the, the Tom Holland stuff I can understand. I'm tripping over it Cause I'm doing a lot of Spider-Man stuff, but like the, the Bradley Cooper, Lady Gaga stuff. I, I've not even seen that movie. Like, I, I have not follow. I don't follow either of those people. And the fact well, like, that I, it's go ahead. I was just going to say, like, I was just listening to, like, I do, I did watch the movie and really liked it mm-hmm. and watch their Oscar performance. And you know, it was really great. But I remember the next day I was listening to the radio when I was getting ready for work and they were like, you can't fake that kind of attraction. You can't fake that kind. I'm like, yeah, you sure can. It's called acting. It's what they yeah. do in the movie. I don't understand why people aren't understanding this. I don't know either. I just, what my brother and I are watching Boy Meets World, and there's an mm. episode where the main character, Corey, is like going crazy because his girlfriend kissed his best friend for a TV thing. I'm like, how can you kiss somebody like that? And then one of their other friends is like, hey, let me make out with you. And so they make out for a second, and he's like, oh. And it's like, yeah, you can kiss yeah. somebody and not have it mean anything. Right. Oh, my God. So, I mean, I can't believe I'm doing talking about a 90s sitcom that presented right. that information. Like, <laughs> right. They even did it. On, there's even an episode on it about Save by the Bell that goes over it. I mean, come on, guys. It's okay. Right. <sighs> well, I feel like they have to do that kind of stuff because... Like, I don't know what was going on in the 90s, but what if people were being weird about Corey or um, what's his yeah. two actors? You know what I mean? Like, and they're like, well, we got to do this because people are being weird. Oh, that's that's totally possible. I don't know. But I, it's like, guys, I mean, who knows? Maybe they're, they're I'm pretty sure everybody's screwing each other in Hollywood. But Correct. don't like unless somebody says something. Who cares? It doesn't affect your, your life. It really exactly. does not affect your life. That's my biggest thing. Like, who cares if so-and-so are or aren't having sex? It doesn't, it does not, it should not, and that's, I think this is the problem. It should not reflect, uh, and this is a little bit different from the, the all the other gross stuff because it is, um, 
um, about based on real people, or uh, the fandom is based for real people. But when you're looking at fiction, like Cart and Blaine, the way you feel about Cart and Blaine should not have anything to do with Chris and Darren. Correct. And I realize that's hard when you know you do follow them and you do want them to like the couple and et cetera, et cetera. Um, and sometimes, like, not necessarily with Kurt Blaine, but like with other things, and you find out the actors hated the project or they hated whatever, or like, you know. Well, I can but, remember. I can remember whenever I watched because I was uh, when I was in college and out of high school and in college, I really liked the show One Tree Hill, mm-hmm. and um, Sophia Bush and Chad Michael Murray were married for a short period of time, and they're the two two of the leads in that show, and mm-hmm. they got divorced and yet still had to pretend yes. to like each other for this show. And I remember thinking, like, that has to be so hard, yeah. so hard to do that. You never saw it in the show because it's different. And it's like, it's sad because it's like, oh, you know, these two characters who are best friends on this show and have this whole history hate each other in real life. Yeah. You just move on. That actually happened with Dawson's Creek too. Um, really? Joshua Jackson and, and um, Katie Holmes dated the entire first season and their characters got together in the third season and uh-huh. they were both like, uh like we went through all of this <laughs> like right <laughs> yeah and they said it was it was hard because like they had an entire relationship you know dated for like a year two years and then broke up and then basically had to relive the whole thing again and, right yeah so i mean so like it's just it's it's two completely separate things, and you know we've probably taken this a little too far, but and that's what <laughs> anyway. I, I think this is this is one of the things that we this is why I wanted to talk about all the other ghosts right. because it's. I mean, I know a lot of people are going to probably be upset because I like they're like, oh, well, what about all the Kurt and Blaine stuff and all? I'm like, eh, that's. So I feel like the point of me is that there's all of this fandom meta going on. There's a, a really interesting mm. story here. And this is kind of the stuff that I wanted to delve into. So. Right. Yeah. What were you going to say that were like completely cut you off? You didn't at all. Oh, okay. <laughs> you didn't. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, we kind of gone crazy off the rails, but um, yeah, that's, it's a moment where we like, Rainjoy is is really connecting to something that is a real thing, um, and that kind of stuff always really sticks out to me in the story. So, right, all right. Same. Well, back into the uh, the um, plot, and um, Kurt and Blaine go to spar at a dock because mm-hmm. that's what they usually do. And I said, Shades of Love is Battlefield. There's a lot of um, Blaine trying to really go at Kurt. In this, mm-hmm. not not in the anger way that in the, in the episode. But. Yeah, I don't think it's anger, but I think it is probably a little bit of. Um, he is frustrated that frustration. He yes, yeah. he's not as good as the ghost, um, right? And, and they have completely different superpowers. One and two, you know, Kurt's been doing this a lot longer. Yeah, he and has three. You know, he's still very good. Like. This is another tangent that I could go off on, so I'll try to rail myself in. But I get really, you know, like, frustrated isn't the right word. But it's like, why do people so often compare themselves to other people? Like, everyone has their own strengths. Just 
You know what I mean? And yeah. yeah. I mean, we all do it. I think it's a human yes. thing to like. It is a human thing to do. Do, but it is. You do have to take a step back, and you're like, you are a different person, and right, and yeah. So, um, but anyway, the they accidentally kind of run into um, some terrorists. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, these terrorists are white supremacists. Nice touch Correct. there, Brain Joy. <laughs> and they're not quite suicide bombers, but they are. I don't remember they're, if they're doing a ransom or if they were just wanting no, to I kill. No, I think they're just they they just want to kill. There's the plan is to set it off and then be out of the range by the time it goes off. There's right. no like if you do this, we won't do that. Like they're just gonna do it. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of crazy. There's a lot of things going on during this section, and it's very tense. It's not mm. the clearest, as I said before. One of my issues with Rain Joy, and we'll get to a specific moment where it's really bad in a minute, but um, is that things are unclear, and she doesn't define the action that is happening. So mm. sometimes it can be a little like, wait a minute, what am I following? How did this person get here or there? Right. Um, mm. But... Um, this, I think that, like, you know, there is this, I'm trying to, like, Ghost is willing to sacrifice him to save the city, but I'm trying to remember if there's, like, he's on the phone talking to, like, the police and, like, these, like, a Yeah, a the bomb squad. squad. The bomb squad. Yeah, like, the bomb squad, like, trying to figure out, like... It's actually kind of funny because you only see his, you only hear his part of this conversation. He's like, well, I don't know how to do that. So you're going to have to figure something else out. And it's like, you know what I mean? And and, there's humor in there. And what the ghost is saying also is that if I can't, like this timer is going down, Blaine, get out of here. If I have to blow up myself, stop this. I'll do Uh it. And Dwayne, of course, is having a hard time with that concept. Um, but, I mean, what else are you going to do? But Blaine does have a moment of um, uh, marry me is, I think, one of the first times. I think Kurt had it earlier. But where Blaine is like, oh, I want to marry this person <laughs> during all of this. Yeah. Which I think is funny. Um, and then Ghost stops the bomb. And the bomber tries to kill himself, and then Kurt stops him, and it reminded me of the end of um, Captain America Civil War, where the bad yes. guy, Zemo, is, like, going to kill himself, and Black Panther's like, no, the Levine are not done with you yet. Um, right. So, so yeah. Um, and then, um, gosh, there's a, oh, no, that's not until the next chapter. Okay. Um, so... Kurt, this is goes back to Blaine feeling inadequate about his um, abilities, and you know Kurt has all of this experience that Blaine doesn't have. Um, but then um, there's a lot of conversations. Uh, one of the themes that comes off a lot in this, in general, is how hate is louder than love, which is a real thing. It's a real. I mean, just look at the world now. I mean, she wrote this five six yeah. years ago, but you know. That this hatred in the world is just loud, but it's not necessarily the majority. Right. Um, you know, I one of the things that I've always lived by is hate may be louder, but love is always stronger. So, you know. Um, there's, I mean, we talk about, like... For example, like you get on Twitter and somebody makes something and 
10 people be just like, let's talk about Captain Marvel for a second. 10 people <laughs> hate Captain Marvel and a thousand people like, like a tweet about based on, but you know, they aren't saying they like it. They just like it. But then those 10 people who are bitching about hating Captain Marvel get the attention Correct. when that's not the majority of people. Right. So it's hard, you know, but that kind of stuff. So, um, all right, so then we get, okay, so this is the section that's a little bit weird when the first time you read it, if you're not paying attention. Yeah, it took um, me a couple of times to get through it, so if it takes you a couple of times, don't feel bad. Yeah, well, and I was like, is this connected to the terrace? And it's not, not at least as far as no. I can tell. That's the biggest thing, that it's not connected to the terrace, which is what threw me off personally. Um, there is a dead child in a dumpster outside of, like, the bombing where the bombing was going to happen and kurt kind of was like you know he's trying to protect blaine from it because kurt's seen the horrors of the world and he doesn't want it he, he wants to like shield blaine from that so he's like go away i'm going to take care of this one thing and blaine is like no let me what is going on and he right. finally you know sees this kid in the dumpster and blaine kind of goes on this downward spiral where you know like he could leave and just like how can he you know keep fighting evil it's hopeless and you know maybe i should just quit because it's just what's you know this is there's no good in the world right yeah and you mentioned before we started would his reaction be um would Blaine's reaction be as strong if Kurt hadn't tried to shield it from him? Like, if right. he had come through this and had seen it naturally. Um, yeah. I don't so know. So go ahead and elaborate. Like, I just, so, because we were talking before that we started about how, like, you know, Blaine, and like you just said, goes on this downward, downward spiral after this. But there's a good, you know, to, I don't know how long it is in the book, but I would say, because I, I just was kind of skimming through it, about a page where Kurt is trying to pretend like nothing is wrong. Like, you know, don't make this a fight. A fight about what? Like, it's like he's building Blaine's anxiety up. Yeah. And so, like, when he finds out what it is, when Blaine finds out what it is, it's like his his anxiety is already so far up that he reacts this way and I don't know I'm not blaming Kurt at all like please don't take it that way but it's like would Blaine have had this intense reaction if Kurt hadn't fueled the fire to get him there right no I mean and, and I think that makes to sense. protect him to, from him you know what I mean right and he like, might have he might have had the same exact reaction but like, it is something to think about it's one of those things where, you know, let's take Captain Marvel again, because whatever. Um, you, I tell you, Bethany, Captain Marvel sucks. It's the worst. It's the, you know, I hated it. It was horrible. And you go in there, and you're going to kind of, like, already be on this world. This is sucks. Yeah. So you're going to start finding faults in it and not having any kind of reaction of your own or not kind of having any kind of opinion of your own. Right. And I know that's really, like, diluting um, the the topic, but, like... But it's the same basic principle. Like, yeah. You know, we can influence others' opinions about things more than we really even realize. Mm-hmm. And, and, but 
it, that is true. And that is also what I'm talking about. But I'm also talking about how, like, Kurt, Blaine has all these insecurities about, uh, and I don't want to get this to a Kurt blaming place, because that's not what I mean. No. But, so I'm going to try to explain this as best I can. Blaine has all these insecurities about how he's not as good as Kurt. He's not this, whatever. And I feel like in an attempt to protect Blaine, Kurt fuels those insecurities by trying to, quote-unquote, shield him from things. Right. So, like, it makes Blaine feel like he can't handle things because... Or it makes Blaine feel like Kurt thinks that he can't handle things. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I, I actually agree with that. And, like, you can... Um, how, I'm trying to figure out how I want to say this. Like, I still think Blaine would have a bad reaction about it. Yes. Um, I do but too. I don't think he would have the insecurity that's also tied with it. Correct. Um, if Kurt hadn't been like, well, it's also unintentionally condescending too. Like, you can't deal with this. Let me just do yes. it. Yes. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like, come on, Kurt, you're going to have to let him. Right, and it's like, like I said, it's not it's not coming from a place of malice with Kurt, or even no. that he thinks Blaine can't, I don't even think it's from a place of Blaine can't handle it. I think it honestly comes from a place of Kurt just handling everything on his own. Yeah. And just this being one more thing he has to handle on his own. Right, exactly. Um, yeah. Well, anyway, after that lovely experience, well, the other thing is that people don't really know... Do people really end up knowing that Kurt and Blaine stopped this bomb? Do people even know about the bomb? Because I think there's a moment, I don't think I can put it in my notes, that then the world just goes on. Like this huge well, bomb, almost everybody died because of this big bomb, and it ends, and then the world kind of just goes on and doesn't know. They do know, though, because in Chapter 19, Rachel references it. Oh, right, you're right. But for the, yeah. in that moment, nobody knows, and it's kind no, of a weird yes. thing. In the moment, nobody realizes. Even like the because they they ghost out of there before the cops can even really get there. Yep. So, but it's kind of a weird thing when you think about like you're just you know in your everyday life, how many things are not happening? Yeah. Like how many things are getting stopped? How many times have you? How many times I have remember, you almost already di- died? You know, there's probably I a, a lot. Right. I remember a couple of months ago. So I live in the Midwest and I live um, really close. Pam's been here, so she's seen them. But I live really close to refineries, like within miles. And that's where they refine a lot of the oil and gas. And there's pipelines that go underneath the ground for miles and miles and miles. So a couple of months ago, at one of the refineries, there was a fire. And there was a small explosion. And like... 20 feet or not even 20 like 15 feet to the left and it would have hit one of the gas lines and blown up within five miles right within a five mile radius and so and we didn't find out about it around here until the next day so it's like we just all lived our lives for the in that time whereas the small group of this group of people were like legitimately scared for a five mile radius and i was in that five mile radius at that time Mm -hmm. like so 
I, I completely understand what you mean. Like, it's like, what, what else is going on when you're just living your day-to-day life that you don't even know about? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's just kind of crazy. So, okay. Um, and then when I get back, um, this isn't, did Perry do the, this isn't it, but there was another time when like something huge happens and they don't even take a break and they just have sex. And I'm like, guys, give yourself like a minute. <laughs> right. The, it was this before, is, but they do it again here too, don't they? I I don't know if this is a sex scene, but he really does want to um, take a photograph of Kurt so he can have something beautiful to hold on to, and it's, mm-hmm. it cracks me up. The Blaine's interest in photography is, um, oh, what's the word? Not situational. It is. It only comes up when the plot seems like it's relevant. <gasps> oh yeah, um, I know what you mean, but I don't know the word either. Um. <sighs> words they're hard um it convenient convenient yeah and it's not even like the plot needs it but this is a moment where um yeah Blaine just wants uh, to have that piece of Kurt as Kurt he doesn't want the, it's it's also make to a point it's Kurt not ghost but um because he doesn't have any pictures of Kurt himself mm-hmm. so but again, I don't. It's know also they... kind of a a nod to Canon too, because everybody thinks that Blaine was obsessed with photography because he had those three cameras in his bedroom. Oh my god! But it was never. Oh, that just... no! I know, I know. It's so funny because you know how many things I've read where Blaine was obsessed with photography and like Blaine took it. that picture of Kurt from his um his uh, presidential campaign. Like you know what I mean? Like it's just yeah. That's funny. I mean, it might be something that the plot, the prop people were just kind of having fun with right. to develop character. But I feel like if it's not explicitly on, it's kind of like, um, you know, when I, it drives me crazy when Fix and Fanon kind of latch on to the character does something one time and uh-huh. they, everybody fixates on it. And I get that in a way, like, you know, you want to draw something from canon, but, you know, like... I'm trying to think of something and it's not right. like coming to my head, but mm. you know, that so-and-so will only eat this kind of food because they said they loved pizza this one time. Like, right. Ah, come on guys. Come on. Come on. So the last little section is a fandom piece and ghostly has a troll and somebody says fly you <laughs> fools. Um, because ghostly will smack you down. Right. Um, and basically, the troll wants to know why anyone would support Kurt and Blaine using vulgar language that, you know, basically gay people are bad. Right. And um, it's a big, giant smackdown the way Ghostly would smack people down. And most people, um, I don't know, it's it's kind of funny. Um, she's like, She's like, the world would be a better place without you in it. And, you know, she's angry over their assumptions. And, and she basically breaks down the message and tells this guy and basically hands it, hands his ass back to him on a platter. And, um, right. you know, well, the other girls, like, she's like, you know, I know Draxy would, you know, say I should ignore you. Um, but I really just figured I needed to take this um, this platform and and say, you know, 
Kurt and Blaine, she appreciates that Kurt and Blaine um, help people be without judgment. Mm-hmm. And that's not something that she could do. She knows that. And then um, they bring inspiration to the world, but they bring a, a ray of light shed on the bleakness that is humanity. And it is distilling the message of what it was because these, it's basically these white supremacist people on a larger level want to take out you know, these people that they don't like. And then in that, in, in doing that, they're going to take out like half the city and mm-hmm. Kurt and Blaine just stopped them and even saved that one terrorist life. Um, right. And so this, it's, it's a, it's a, uh, basically it's a wrap up of the chapter of what happened in a smaller distilled. But I, I think it's important because, when you look at the world, I mean, I was just reading something like, you know, you've got these awful Trump rallies where he says, you know, go home and stuff like that. I just read on the news where somebody at a convenience store told these Latino people who came in to go home. And it's like, you don't think that like in the moment people are like, oh, it's just, you know, rallies and and whatever. And they just say things and like, no, people instill that. And it works on a smaller level. Like, these big things happen and it's not just, Oh, this one big incident, but it, it, it works it well way into hearts and minds and people, you know, get convinced and, and it, we could just like spend two hours talking about politics, which we don't need to do, but like, right. It, it's, and then ghostly, I, I like that. She's like, I wouldn't be as nice. Like, and that's why Kurt and Blaine are so inspirational because they, you know, despite people getting judgment at them and, you know, nearly getting killed all the time, whatever, they're still going to do what's good. And not everybody, you know, can do work on that level. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it's so weird because whenever I was reading this, I thought of that exact same thing that you were just talking about. Like, this this horrible like I don't I don't even know you just said it really great because <laughs> oh, well, I couldn't you. put it into words I couldn't put it into words what I was thinking but I was okay. like going back to you know like these awful rallies and how you're putting ideas in people's heads and yeah so yeah exactly Inception is not just a movie correct um, <laughs> it's. Yeah, it's a thing that happens, and it's unfortunate that it's, you know, because of these people's need and drive and want for power, they are purposely, you know, pitting one group of people against another group of people. And um, it's just, it's tearing everything apart, guys. Like, right. don't, don't hate, I, you know, yeah, people suck sometimes, believe me, but at the same time, like... Don't judge an entire group of people. Like, don't do that. I don't want, like, right. whatever. No. We're all on this planet. We all have to share it. We're all people. Like, that's... Correct. Biologically, we are all the same. So... Correct. <clears throat> Correct. All right. So, then in chapter 17, we get into chapter 18, which is probably my favorite chapter of the entire book. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, of Ross Washington. <laughs> Yeah, Pamela <laughs> really likes Roswell. <laughs> well, here's my other thing, and I was saying this to Bethany beforehand that you know, Rainjoy really likes her angst and her her emotional conflict, 
And this chapter just is fun and funny. Like, there's yeah. not a lot of, like, and, and All the Other Ghosts is actually the lighter of the two stories. Um, But there's not a lot of, like, happiness. Or But even when Kurt and Blaine are kind of in these happy moments, it's more of a, a romance or sexual or it's not mm-hmm. a straight-up funny, lighthearted no. moment. And this chapter, even though Blaine's going to get shot, um, is it's kind <laughs> of funny. This whole chapter yeah. is, like, there's in a, a good There's a lot of mood. humor in this. There's a lot of humor in this chapter. And maybe that's sure. why I like it more. But um, Okay, so it starts off, though, Blaine's in a hard place because he's not sure if he wants to go out again. And, and Kurt does have the really neat mentality of, well, the world goes on. We have to as well. Like, there's always going to be the next uh-huh. day. Like, you know, something big and bad happens to you. But, it yeah, it sucks. But you still have to keep you know, functioning and going on. And, um, he, he does have a little conversation about when, when he was really, really young and Mm -hmm. he was with a homeless man and he just basically waited for this guy to die. Like there's nothing he could do. There's nowhere he just, and he just stayed with this homeless man or like the world went on around him and he died. And then like Kurt, like, had to go on like right it is yeah bleak but it's bleak but it's also like it's a moment of vulnerability that kurt shows blaine and so like and it's not like he hasn't before he has but it's like this moment of like i said a moment of vulnerability that like kurt's like yeah i didn't want to but i still did I still got up and I still put the costume on and I still went back out there because I'm too, I'm scared of being too scared. And you know what I mean? Like, it's just, I, I actually really like that conversation that they, the two of them have. Yeah. That is a good one. Sorry. I'm not ignoring you. I just like a porn bot was just like, Hey, if you want to like porn and I'm like, not really. <laughs> not really. I'm good. I'm good. So. Thank you. Um, what is up with interruptions today? I don't know what, Okay, so, um, okay, so then we get into, there's the Take Back the Night, which is a women's march, Mm -hmm. um, and, um, wait, Take Back the Night, like, the women, oh, where they're all, okay, so, this is where, this is for the ghost, this is a ghost rally, where they all dress up as the ghost because Figgins wants to like kidnap or not kidnap arrest the ghost, mm-hmm. and this is where they're like, no, it's a it's a weird. This is so weird. I don't know how to explain this because it's so weird, but um, that the it's a it is a women's march where they dress up the ghost as a way to show that they are stronger than what has happened to them. Mm-hmm. The weird part is the, now Kurt gets the metaphor that it represents that they're all a superhero. It's all the superhero within them. Um, kind of like into the spider verse. We're all Spider-Man. Um, only they're dressed up as the ghost. It is weird. Um, they need a ghost debt. That's not sugar. Um, <laughs> Blaine feels right? uneasy about the metaphor. I feel uneasy about the metaphor because ghost is not a woman, but um, right. Whatever. We can just, move on Um, i was gonna say we've covered this a couple of times and it we we're both in agreement that sometimes the ghost 
says things that we wish were coming from a woman and not a man. Right. Well, and I can say like more specifically, it's usually Kurt that says it. Yeah. Honestly. It's That's kind of true. funny because, and you know, it's, I think when we talk, because we're going to have a wrap up thing and I'll get into this there, I think it's the most appropriate place, but my issue, I, I will define some of my issues with the, the or, uh, female coding and the differences between Kurt and ghost and why this entire fic works better for me as a fic piece of fiction, but not as a clean fic. But right. anyway, we can wait until later. Anyway. So, um, anyway, <laughs> let's get some of the thing and stuff. There's, uh, Oh, you know what? She, at least, at least there is an argument about feminism, feminism and whether or not the ghost should be even be involved. Right. Um, so there, at least rain joy here, acknowledges that and Mm -hmm. um the crowd's dialogue is much like the comments on the internet it it kind of like yeah so there is at least a conversation here about all of that um figgins is still figgins achievement he does say achievement um he does also think that the ghost is a real ghost (laughs) i think that's a little bit later on i don't anyway yeah, I thought that was here. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was earlier. I thought but it was too. Yeah, Figgins right thinks here. he says. Are you talking about the achievement? Yeah, he says it. It's um, it's when he's still trying to talk over the crowd. He says oh. just the CR rate conviction rate has climbed point three percent of one percent, and then he goes achievement, and then someone it says silence until the crowd. Someone in the crowd yells ass butt. <laughs> It is funny. It is funny. Um, and then there is an assassination attempt on Figgins. Mm-hmm. And Blaine saves the day. And that's when he finds that Figgins um, thinks that the ghost is, is a real ghost. It is a nod to that whole Tina vampire thing in canon. Um, but it's pretty funny here. Oh, the assassin's honey badger. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Oh. It is. When does Ross come in? She comes in later. Anyway, assassin is Honey Badger, whose shape shifts into ghosts, and um, <laughs> the Kurt again. This, this, yeah, this chapter wins. Um, Kurt <laughs> stops her, but he's also thinking about. I mean, during mid fight, he's like thinking about how all the fic writers will have a field day, day of meta yes. to go on with Kurt fighting himself. <laughs> right. I love it, which a fandom would do, and it's hilarious. Oh you know? my gosh, yeah, of oh, course they would. The metaphor of that, um, and also uh, that he's comfortable with the idea of punching himself, which is why <laughs> oh, the ghost cracks me up. Okay, um, but also there's going to be smut fic too, Kurt. So don't even think that that's that won't true. happen. <laughs> oh man, I have seen some of that out there. There's some like you know, weird. Sometimes they'll take this, the, you know, a character, two characters that one actor will play and do something like that where it's, you know, there's smuttiness between that when it's basically just, I don't know. It's weird. It gets to a weird place. It's weird. It goes to a weird place. (laughs) Maybe that's all I need to say about that. Okay. Um, and, and then she changes to Blaine, but of course he's not as cut off guard by it, and he can take her down. Right. Um, it's kind of interesting. Something that does not happen um, in the, these fics is that the shapeshifter um, 
wreaks havoc on the city as some, I mean, what, you know, why is Terry so stupid? She could totally like do a lot more damage than she does. Right. Um, cause that's a classic zero superhero trope. Um, but luckily she's too stupid. So. She's too stupid. I think she just is just, she's, well, she's only in it for the money too. She's only doing it because the money. Oh, that's right. Here. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So. Okay. So, um, all right. So at the end of it, at the end of this woman, the, the Kurt and Blaine get, basically Kurt gets a standing ovation from the mm-hmm. women in the crowd. And it's a moment where Kurt actually can look into the crowd and everybody can cheer him. And it's right. great. Okay. And then, <laughs> so as that's all going on, they, they get off the stage and they start cracking up over the fact that Figgins thinks the ghost is real. Right. And he wants um, to exercise you. <laughs> um, Blaine is still having a hard time thinking as, cause Kurt is having a hard time thinking of himself as awesome. And if everyone appreciated it, got together, it'd be more than a crowd. It's kind of a cool thing. And like, even next time you, you write a fic and it gets 50 notes instead of like 5,000, think about 50 people in one room. That's a lot right. of people. Correct. Like, so it's, it's maybe a much bigger number than you might expect. I mean, you know, touching five people with something out there is kind of an amazing thing, really. When you think of right. all the people not doing anything and, Etc. Etc. So, um, yeah, and then Blaine gets shot. <laughs> he sure does. Just, just, just get shot. Just get shot. It's in the leg, I believe. Mm. Um, and then, of course, they have to get into Mike and Tina's. And um, Kurt really likes the idea of rescuing Blaine. Um, and the um, Blaine. <laughs> Is, like weirdly affectionate while drugged at Mike and Tina's. <laughs> he's getting this bullet uh-huh. out and he's just like, I love you so much. You guys ever see that video that went viral <laughs> years ago? Yes. When the guy oh wakes God, up. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> and they, I, somebody wrote a fic based on this too. It's amazing. Where this guy wakes up for, and he's still drugged out and he sees his wife, but he doesn't remember that it's his wife. And he's like, you're so beautiful. So beautiful. Want... <laughs> are, you, are you married? Are you with someone? <laughs> You're so beautiful. <laughs> oh my god! Like I want to ask you out on a date, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's so funny. It is funny. It's kind of that. Um, and then Kurt, um, he he goes and he he realizes that this is um, he he well first of all he worries that is because uh, like this is a professional hit, and that taking Blaine out means that they can get to Kurt. So Kurt thinks that it's about him specifically. Mm-hmm. Um. But they did not think this whole plan through. Um, and the super assassin is Ruaz Washington. <laughs> she sure is. <laughs> She's kind of amazing. I mean. Oh, my God. Just straight up polarity. I don't know. I don't even can remember why, but it was. It was just probably because the voice of Ruaz was so spot on. And she's a super assassin. That's kind of amazing. Oh, my God. Uh, so uh, yeah, read the scenes to see Ross Washington is a super assassin, and she's pretty oh competent too. I mean, it's not like she's yeah, she's she's really good. She's very good. I mean, um, she's a nut, but that's 
nothing new. Well, and I like the fact, like, Kurt's like, you know, but she didn't think it all the way through because she underestimated the ghost, and the ghost can do pretty amazing things. Right. So. Um, and then, you know, he calls Finn. Finn comes there. She, he wants to put her in jail. And it's... Um, it says that Kurt's really the spindle, though it's again a departure because Kay and Kurt's angry a lot. Yeah, I, I don't think lot. that people know or don't realize, and I and she kind of, um, she kind of switches out Kurt's anger for fragility in the story. But um, yeah. in canon, Kurt's, I mean, an angry person. Right. Like he has a lot of anger, and he his first response is is very often anger. Like I can remember um in I think it's I think it's dance with somebody when they're fighting and like Kurt it's like a switch. I don't remember what Blaine says. I think it's whenever he says I transferred schools to be with you. And like at first Kurt's like scared and upset and like there's this switch in his eyes where he switches to anger and yeah. like lashes out. Yeah. And that is like that is what I always go like that mental image is always what I go to whenever people talk about Kurt having or when we talk about like Kurt he his first response is usually anger. Yeah. It's not a bad thing. It's just what it no, who he but is. To, so just to make a clarification, because this might be a good time to, to to clarify, one of the biggest differences between Kurt mm-hmm. in Canon and Kurt here is that anger reaction. Correct. In this story, Kurt goes to sadness or you know, the, the fragility aspect mm-hmm. of it where he's going to break down crying and whatnot. And he doesn't get angry the same way. Now the ghost does a little bit more, um, but it's still not the first go-to emotional no. reaction, it's which not is why this character doesn't necessarily feel like the cart that I am used to. And I, I, it is also, I mean, it's, it, it doesn't yeah, we'll save this conversation for the end. It doesn't have to be. It's a thing. Long story short, something that we'll probably talk about in that last wrap up episode is that how far, how far can you go AU, and is it still the characters, and does it have to be correct? Because mm-hmm. I think that these characters work as their as these characters, but I don't necessarily see them as definite canon mm-hmm. counterparts of Kurt and Blaine. So. Correct. So anyway, I don't know if that clears up or makes it more confusing. We'll see. <laughs> anyway. Did we clear it up or did we make it make even it worse. more murky? <laughs> um, he wants to put her away because Blaine is hurt. And mm-hmm. I don't think this is might be one of the few times that Kurt actually does this. Um, uh that she tried to take out Blaine because of him, and so she she just wants to just hurt her and get her like wants you know, and that's very much canon Kurt most of the time. Uh-huh. Um, like he wanted to put Sebastian's head on a spit, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, because he Sebastian hurt Blaine. Like that's where Kurt normally goes in canon. Correct. Now, well, even without the twin, Kurt does not feel guilty in canon. No. Um, mm-hmm. He rarely feels guilty, and having to deal with some of his own actions um, kind of sometimes bites him in the butt later on. But 
in this story, that's another big difference is that Kurt feels guilty all the time. Right. Um, so, so yeah. Anyway, um, back at Mike and Tina's, Kurt gets back to Mike and Tina's and, and Tina calms him down and Blade's going to be fine. And, uh, I write, and it isn't coded as feminine and it's almost refreshing. And it, to me, what I mean is that it's not anything bad to be feminine or whatnot. It's just that it feels more like the Kurt that I know. Correct. So, um, and I like that. And at one point, like she, ta- at one point, Roz tased him and, um, and Mike is asking him Kurt if he's okay. And he's like, Elect- electricity hurts. It's just distracting. <coughs> right. So, yep. And then I even wrote my notes. Char- Kurt's characterization in this chapter works so much better for me than it has. And yeah. most of it is in ghost mode, but it's also what it, what I'm coming to rereading through this is that, yeah, I'm uh, my biggest issue with the Kurt and Blaine story is that they don't feel like Kurt and Blaine. Right. So, all right. Um, so Blaine wakes up and they need to get home and they decide to take the subway and Kurt and Blaine rambles on about dreaming and Kurt cloaks and how he likes one. I'm not entirely sure what the significance of any of this is. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure either. I think it's just like blithering you know what i mean like i don't think it really has a whole lot of significance yeah because every she is usually so specific and everything that she writes is for is purposeful so when something is kind of just meandering i'm like Mm -hmm. what was the purpose here right okay oh and then they have the blaine watches him go out yeah and he's surrounded by Kurt's presence all the time. Right. And Kurt has a hard time going on patrol um, without Blaine now that he's so used to it. They flip the dice. I wrote that they flip the dynamic. Um, because usually Kurt's always, I'm not sorry, Blaine is always upset that Kurt could have been killed and he wouldn't, and Blaine wouldn't let Kurt like protect mm-hmm. him and et cetera, et cetera. And it flips that. It's kind of nice to see a flip in that dynamic. Cause we just, again, it's going to get worse and gray. Um, mm-hmm. It's nice when Kurt has that. I wish I could have, you know, protected Blaine more. Right. Kind of mentality. And yeah, more like, And just mm. it's more there's a lot of communication and reassurance that they have right. a lot you know like I'm there for you we're this together it's a little codependent at times um, but this particular chapter it's not as bad so I no it's not it's actually it's a little refreshing I don't know it's so weird because I don't, I'm trying to figure out how I want to say this. It's okay. I don't, um, you know, it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier about, you know, like Kurt trying to shield Blaine from all of this stuff. And so mm-hmm. this is, it's definitely a flip. Um, and so I just, uh, part of me is like, I wish they could just get more of an, on an even playing field. yeah well and like that's i don't want be, it to be a flip i want it to be more even even yeah it will like the whole hook sorry i'm stretching 
You're fine. <laughs> the whole purpose of gray is it, it does this a little bit in canon, but the context is much, 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 much different. Where they're on uneven playing fields and they get to a point where they're equals again. Right. And um, that journey is going to be both tedious and rewarding. <laughs> um, yeah, in canon, for sure. I think canon, I think it, it just because the characters are the characters. It's, it's, you know, well, I guess it is tedious and rewarding, too, because they end up at the end of season six as equals in a way that they, you know, aren't equals maybe the entire time that they're on screen together. Um, so, but it's, it's a process, but it, it's just, I don't know. But she, I, it, it, it's often a very, very one-sided process in this mm-hmm. story. Yes. Which doesn't yes. even get resolved all that much because it's going to the major thing of gray is going to be yes. their relationship issues so correct so we can move I on that's what i was trying to say i think that's yeah. what i was trying to say okay that's good sometimes i just talk and i'm like am i making sense to anybody yes so, you are okay all right so then we get into um chapter 19 which is the chapter where blaine is shot and he's out this is all from blaine's point of view which actually is kind of neat too um, this is another actually really good um, chapter, but this we start out with Rachel's arguments about superheroes, and mm-hmm. Kurt explains that Rachel has an issue because she thinks that they, they she thinks that the superheroes are special, and that the interesting thing is that because it's an interesting departure from Rachel is that Rachel wanted to be special and always hold that she was, but ended up being that she wasn't, and I think this is just much a more interesting way to look at Rachel and have her character because. In canon, she is told that she's special and wonderful, and then she gets basically what she wants. Even and even though she fails, people are always like, "Well, but you're special and amazing. That shouldn't have happened to you." So, right. um, she never really learns the right way. So, to have no. a character who, you know, she she's jealous of these superheroes because they're special in a way that she feels like she's not or she's been lied to about so of course these superheroes aren't really special either and it's an interesting it's an interesting little thought piece it is it is a very interesting it's just you know it's so funny because you know we kind of one of the big things about fic is to take this these two characters and then put them in different situations like what what would have happened if they wouldn't have or you know how would they have dealt with things had this not happened and how would Rachel have dealt with things if she had given up performing you know like Mm -hmm. would she have where would she have gone would she have gone to journalism I don't think so but she would have done something so it's just an interesting Mm -hmm. look into her character from another person's point of view, because it's not even from her point of view, it's from Kurt's. So, you know. No, I agree completely. And then, um, I don't even know what I was referring to as much yet, so, or in this next section. Blaine's back to blogging, though, since Kurt leaves, Blaine's back to blogging more. Uh Um, And he's reading more, and um, I don't know why I wrote this note, but oh well. I don't feel like my book is on the floor away from me, so I don't feel like picking which it up. The, which, it's which note? The, the weirdness Blaine of is, reading fic about himself? No. Um, 
maybe, I mean, that that's, maybe that's part of it though. I said, and, and for get any situation and Blaine is horny, but is that how oh. he's reacting to the, probably. Yeah. Or it might just be, I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, Blaine goes back into blogging because when Kurt's out, he's got really nothing to do and thinks about it as a full-time job. And it is. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk about this for a second. Um, just in case you don't know, um, blogging and keeping a blog is, you know, I mean, it is a full-time. Like, anybody, I'm yes. sure in your guys' lives, you're here listening to it. You're probably doing some kind of blogging, and it does take time, you know, to actually act. But, like, when you're actually putting stuff together... I don't think people realize that it's a not free and B like takes time. Mm -hmm. Like just putting this pod together, you know, you have to schedule it. You have to work around schedules. You have to get together. You have to record the thing. You have to edit the thing. You have to take time to put it up. It takes time. And if I often feel like I have a second job, so Mm -hmm. um, just letting throwing that out there. Um, The other thing is if you go for wank, um, it, Wink is daily and absurd. If you go looking for it, it's going to be there. So, I mean, you can always find it. You can. And there's this weird thing. Sometimes you have to be a little bit like proactive on your own behalf. Like if you know something is going to, if you know, if it's something, you know, if you go, go to a website and you know, this kind of thing is going to trigger you or upset you, maybe don't go to it. Like, right. Or if you know, like, you're in a forum and you go to the anti-Kurt thread, well, you know that's going to bother you. Why are you doing it? Like, don't do it. So. Correct. But, yeah, then there's the weirdness. We all have, we all have, like, I was just going to say, we all have that weird tendency to be like, does this still bother me? Or, Or, like, the weird gross fascination of what are they saying but in the end you're just you're destroying your own mental health so you just need to stay away from that kind of stuff and i speak on that from someone who also has issues with that like i remember before i was like well i just want to know what they're saying so that i could rebuttal it and it would just make me so angry yeah i was just like why am i doing this why am i consistently looking at these anti-posts and going into these tags, like, I don't want to be here. It's just, it, you know what I mean? Like, so anyway, that's a tangent yeah. for another day. But No, I totally agree. Because I used to do that, too. And I think it is something that we, and then it starts what I call the fandom during, where, you know, you find these things, because you're, like, in places that you probably aren't, really shouldn't be going into. And then you want to rebuttal. And then it just gets worse. And then so you just feel like you need to make all these anti-posts about them. And it just... It gets worse and worse, and it like just sucks you in like a drain, and it just gets, right. it just. And there is there's a really neat, there is a YouTuber called CP CP something Gray, and they did a little video, uh, an actual like research scientific video on anger and how unlike any other emotion, anger feeds on itself. So if you have, you know, more people that are the more people that are angry, the more the anger spreads. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's very easy to go and spread this negativity everywhere. Um, so, yeah, that's how it happens. That's how it happens in real life. And so Correct. just be careful out there, guys. You know, know what you're getting yourself into. Like, know that if somebody is going to be, like, 
And I'm not just, I'm not talking about the people that are like, you know, maybe you have a fandom friend who accidentally, you know, blocks something and you're like, oh crap, that's really bad. I don't want to see that. That's not, I'm talking about when you go to a place that you know, it's Mm going to, you know, be bad thing. So. Right. Yeah. No, (sighs) I completely agree. But, um, yeah, there's the weirdness of Blaine reading fic about himself. Because that's, that's got to be weird. It, I can't, that right? is one thing about being famous that I'm like, that's got to be weird. Yeah, I, I could never do it. Yikes. Yikes, yikes, yikes. Yeah, that's so weird. Um, his interaction with other fandoms, they people want details of his boyfriend. And he's like, nah, I don't know if I want to do that. Right. <laughs> um. And basically, she brings up the Iliad. It's going to be prominent in gray. So there's going to be a whole thing about the Iliad in gray. And she brings it up here. So this is where she introduces it. Yep. Yep. And I think even in this chapter, we'll have to talk about a little bit more about that. Because um, Blaine's going to be on his own for a whole lot of time. The fun thing about this chapter, though, is that it's from all from both Blaine's point of view. Um the oh, that's gonna be weird too. This this okay. I have a I don't know if I'll okay. You'll see if I can need to cut this out or not. <laughs> I think this is weird. Okay, so Blaine is at school. He hears someone's ringtone, and the ringtone is Kurt's laugh. That is and, weird. I don't like it. But I feel it's like when and this is not a judgment because I know there are good friends of mine that do this. When you have like your screen lock is like of a celebrity, mm-hmm. like, it feels a little weird. Yeah, I remember one time because I used to do that all the time. I used to have like this. The one of my favorite pictures of Chris was my screen lock because mm-hmm. I liked it and it was cute. And then I remember I went. This is when he when he was doing the book signings and he was still doing the meet and like, greets. Um, the meet and greets. And I like was in line and I'm like, I don't want him to see this. Like, what if he saw that? So I like changed it really quick. And then I never changed it back. So I was like, that's kind of weird. I don't know. Yeah, it is. I mean, like I said, no judgment. I mean, people sometimes I say wear celebrities as their sports teams. Mm-hmm. But um, at the same time, it's like, just keep in mind that that's a real person. Right. And I know people are like, well, we know. I'm like, well, and when it, it becomes like, cause a picture can start to be just a picture and mm-hmm. not, and you forget that, that, you know, I don't know. I mean, I don't even have my girlfriend as a picture on my, like on my screen saver yeah. or my screen lock. Cause like, it's just, you know, it's just. And know. like I said, it's fine if you do it. And I mean, there's yeah. no, there's I'm no not, judgment. there's no judgment. Um, I, I mean, for I mean, a long time, I did have this really gorgeous picture. There's this picture of Mia, and she's like in this white dress, and she has her arms outstretched so you can see her butterfly tattoo. Mm-hmm. And like it was so beautiful, but I didn't have her head in it. It was just like her body with the with the tattoo. And even that, I was just kind of like, well, nobody knows except for me who that is. But you know, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's kind of where do you draw that line between? Mm-hmm. You know, this person means something very special to me, and this is my way of holding on to that versus right. this person is a real person type thing. Because, so. like, my lap, my laptop, the background is Kurt and Blaine kissing on their wedding, their wedding kiss. Mm-hmm. And it has been since that episode aired. Yeah. So, 
you know, well, look what's at, I the mean, difference? But there, to me, and there is one. I don't know. I mean, let's even, I mean, uh, you know, like, let's look at my, like, my avatar is Quinn. Mm-hmm. And I have completely disassociated anything about Quinn from that picture. Mm-hmm. Um, it just feels more like a generic, it, it doesn't even look like a photo to me anymore. Mm-hmm. It looks like just like a drawing almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I do think it was computer touched up in certain ways. Um, but yeah, that's, I, you know, technically my avatar is Diana Agron. Um, right. And, and mine's Lardo. Exactly. Yours is a fictional character. And <laughs> that's true. Well, so is Quinn, for that matter. Right. But then, you know, that is still a, a, a real person's face. Right. I get, I get what you're saying. So I have, part of me has wanted to change it to a really pretty rogue one that I found, but you guys would like kill me or something so <laughs> it would get it would take me a while to get used to it but yeah. i mean you know i don't know i've just but the funny thing is you guys now associate that photo with me so much 100 percent, yeah that it's stopped being you know it's really not quinn anymore it's, it's not you. quinn anymore yeah exactly so it's a weird thing that happens so um so moving on blaine gets begins to get cabin fever um he kind of wants to be out there. He just, you know, he just is hard doing nothing all the time. Um, fandom begins to, uh, well, oh, sorry, I just skipped over the whole Kurt, like, reassures him that, you know, and that he loves him and that Blaine doesn't realize how much, it's just, whatever, they're just emotionally masturbating at each other. Correct. Um, which happens all the time, so I don't feel like... It sure you know. does. It happens, and whatever. Um, I don't know. I always wonder, is that the, like stuff that people want us to get into more? Because I don't know what else to say about it. Like, right. yeah, like, there's reiteration that they love and care about each other. That's not right. Like, There's that really pretty... Um, Kurt says, I care about you the most. You do know that, Blaine. I didn't. There's never. It's only you. Just you. It's always you. And, like, that's very sweet and kind. And, you know, he's reassuring him. Because I feel like Blaine is getting to a point where he's like, well, I don't know. Because I don't. But they're also going to have that same conversation, like, 80 times. Correct. Exactly. So it's like, and we're. Anyway. Keep going, because so I'm. I I'm get. guessing. No, it's okay. I'm just guessing. Like the people that were so excited about that, this is the, all the other ghost <laughs> podcasts are like, this is not what we expected. <laughs> this is not what we wanted. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know what you wanted, but right. Okay, um, this is what you got. Fandom starts to freak out because Phalanx isn't around, and um, it's Traxy thinking about. Uh, their sick leave. Do they ever sneeze without her writing about it? And mm-hmm. how f- there is a little section. Okay, this is. I just need to point out. This is how fix happen, and it is. It's like in that somebody says, "Plane's like a puppy who went in to get neutered," and somebody else is like, "I could fix about that." And Darcy's like, "I'll do it." <laughs> and then suddenly you have this ninety, you know, nine hundred word fic about neuters and whatever. It's weird. Um, yeah. So, um, do, 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 scrolling down because I didn't read this part before we started. 
right, what are we going on here at the end of here? Okay, so, um, gosh, they, they get into a little conversation about police brutality, which is always right there. Um, the internet thinks that Blaine's dead, and he's like, that's dramatic. And Kurt's like, that's dramatic, and Blaine's like, that's fandom girls. I mean, it's just fan people in general. Um, Blaine wants Kurt to be his press person, which is hilarious. And Kurt's like, what? He's like, yeah, go out there and tell him I'm not dead. <laughs> which is funny when Kurt is going to be like out for months, Blaine doesn't do the same thing. He doesn't tell anybody that Kurt's okay. The internet thinks that Blaine's dead and Blaine's is like, that's dramatic. And or Kurt's like, that's dramatic. And Blaine's like, that's fandom girls. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and Blaine, um, wants Kurt to be his press person and tell him that he's alive. And Kurt's like, nah, I don't know if I want to do that. But the funniest thing is that Blaine makes a huge deal about Kurt doing this so that they know that he's alive. But Kurt's going to be coming up in the chapters that are coming up. He's going to be out for months because of things that happened to him. Right. And Blaine doesn't do the same thing with Kurt. Like, he doesn't reassure no. all the fangirls. But I guess Kurt doesn't care as much. But, yeah. And then um, things that Blaine has missed since he's been out with this like you know sex mostly sex right <laughs> which cracks me up but he misses this is he sex. this um this scene is one of my favorites because i think it feels closer to canon and and subverts some of the stuff that she does in this fic so on the way out um ghost blaine's you know extra horny because he hasn't had sex in a while and uh-huh. Ghost is like, well, what do you want? And Lynn's like, well, you know, you're going out. And Kurt's like, no, what do you want? Like, and then he starts kind of pushing Blaine into this. You used to fantasize me as me. So you used to fantasize me as the ghost. And Blaine gets a little bit. Oh, I'm here. Okay. It just it said Bethany was offline and Bethany came back. It was weird. It's like I was trying to put it back on speaker. I just won't put it on speaker. That's the problem. Oh. I but I'm like, oh, I, no. I didn't miss anything. I heard okay. everything you were saying. Sorry. I was just like, you know, she can't go away before I talk about this. Um <laughs> so um Kurt knows that Blaine used to fantasize um him as ghost. Um, And them having sex. And Kurt is saying, it's okay that you did that. And it's okay that you can do that now. And then proceeds to give Blaine his fantasy by giving him a blowjob as ghost. And then the thing that I really like about it is that Blaine realizes that Kurt wouldn't do anything if it wasn't mutually pleasurable. So Kurt is giving off on the indulgent as well. Right. And it's personal growth for Kurt and um, learning experience for Blaine. And just a really, really great scene of how you can have, you know, because a lot of people are like, oh, would you not feel comfortable doing that or whatever? And these boundaries are pushed and it's okay because it's a, it's a consensual thing. Right. And that Blaine is now allowed to have these sexual fantasies of Kurt because Kurt is now in control of them. Right. And it's just a really cool sex scene. Right. And like, it also harkens on this, like something that I had to learn just in my own personal life is like, you can push boundaries, like boundaries, you know, 
how do I want to say this? You, it's okay to have boundaries and have full stops and have, this is where my, my line is and I don't cross it, but you can also be flexible and like with your partner and be like, okay, well this is, this is, we're going to push this boundary and see where it goes and like keep going and keep growing. And I feel like this is what they're doing. It's Mm -hmm. like, this was a hard boundary for Kurt but he's grown enough that he's ready to push past it and see what's how far they can go beyond it. And he's still going to have a hard stop and it's going to be like, okay, this is, this is where this stops, but it's also moved past where he was before. If that exactly. Makes sense. It also subverts this whole, like Kurt as the female stuff in that, Kurt has control over it. So a lot of times like stuff with blowjobs, the woman is submissive and, um, and Kurt is in complete control of this whole situation. And Blaine is the one that is completely like submissive. Right. And, um, I, again, I think it, because it goes, not only is it because of the, you know, pushing boundaries thing, but it, 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 it kind of, is more of the canon like dynamic is also mm-hmm. another reason why I'm like, okay, I really like this. Right. Um, it's also as a fascinating side note, it happens when Blaine is heavily back invested in fandomish stuff. And this Correct. is a very fan this is a fanfic sex scene, okay? Like yes. I mean, I'm sure you can dress up, you know, you guys probably dress up in your, you know, personal lives every once in a while and maybe do a little role play with your partner. That yeah. But this is a fanfic sex scene correct um and it's it's funny that she uses this very fanfic trope to have some character growth and that kind of stuff i really like um i don't think it happens enough but (laughs) um (laughs) but yeah so yeah a plus sex scene right there again probably my favorite sex scene in the entire thing i would agree with that too yeah Okay. Then there's Kevin Fever setting up. Kurt's waiting on him all the time, and Blaine's getting restless about it. Um, why did Blaine? Oh, sorry, Kurt comes home with blood on him, and Blaine's horrified. Kurt had to knock knocked his head on the curb, and instead of getting medical attention, he just wanted to be with. Blame. Right. And right. I'm concerned, but now for different reasons about Kurt's mental health. <laughs> and this this kind of subverts back to some of the, my issues which he was doing, in which um, Blaine's frustrated because he wants to keep saving Kurt, but Kurt doesn't need to be saved, whatever. Um, like, come on, Ryan Joy, you're doing so good. And we get into this moment of where. Rainjoy's love of Greek mythology. Correct. Okay, so there's the story of Hector and Andromache. Um, I don't know what the actual story is. It's in the Iliad. It's part of the Iliad. Um, it's been a long. The time Iliad is like a million pages long, though. Like it is yeah. one of the oh yeah, there's like Greek myths. Yeah, it's many, many, many different stories on one Correct. Hector like, and Andromache Hector is, is like in like five of those stories too yeah. like he's just like Hector's very prominent exactly um, and Blaine's thinking of Kurt as Andromache and I think it's weird 
Yes. That if you are, you know, a gay man thinking of another man, that you see him as a woman. As a woman. Especially in, like, Greek mythology. I don't yeah. know. Like, there's so, so many men that you could see. I, mm. It doesn't... Mm, this is where... And, I mean, this, this is going to get turned on its head in gray. I mean, she's going to do some stuff with it. When a supervillain does it, it's one thing. Supervillain is going to do this. Um, right. But Blaine himself, thinking of his partner as a woman... I don't know how to articulate the weirdness of that. <laughs> I just don't see... And, you know, we've talked about this before, and it might be a broken record at this point, because they're different from, from canon. They just are. You you have to accept that. But I just don't see Blaine doing that. I don't see Blaine no. putting Kurt into a woman's role. I just no. don't. Because, I mean, and the the other thing, and it's just, I, sh- I feel like this is a part of Blaine that maybe she doesn't understand, but Blaine just wants to be gay. He just wants to be so gay. He wants to be express himself as a gay man with another gay man. And that I think gets missed a little bit because of the story that she's telling. Right. So, So, yeah, I feel like Kurt is that person that's like, yeah, I'm gay, but there's also a million other things about me. And Mm -hmm. Blaine is like, yeah, I'm gay. Let's celebrate it. You know what I mean? Like, I, it, it's, it has to do with, like, and this is getting into canon a little bit, where Kurt was only identified as gay for so long. Correct. He wants to be, you know, I am he, more than my sexual identity. Whereas correct. Blaine, who can pass as straight, has been like, you know, I want you to see that my sex, this is my sexual identity because I'm proud of it. Correct. And it's just two different, you know, uh, ways of, of showing how somebody comes at sexuality. And I, I just, yeah, I think it's it's kind of funny how much, you know, there's a lot in this story about, you know, gay rights and, you know, they get called mean slurs all the time. And, you know, fandom gets up in arms about whether or not they should be gay or whatever, et cetera, et cetera. But there isn't a lot in the dynamic between the two of them right. and as Kurt and Blaine about presenting as two gay men. And it's it's because it, they're so wrapped up in these narrative roles that are usually um, a man and a woman. And it's funny because when I was talking um, to another somebody else the other day about this, um, they were talking about, well, what about phalanx and his shields? It's literally a passive, quote unquote, feminine role. And I said, well, ghost and phalanx don't have the same issues. They no, are they more don't. complex and they are more representative of what I think can and Kurt and Blaine are like. But with Kurt and Blaine, they get in these narrative roles, not necessarily because I, I, there's no issue with anybody presenting as masculine or feminine or all of the grayness that goes in between those two mm-hmm. very like, you know, archetypes. Um, there's nothing wrong with, you know, even writing about Kurt who goes down a feminine path or Blaine down a, a, a different path. That's fine. But it's within the narrative, you are using these tropes usually reserved for a, a female character um, that are sometimes borderline offensive, that mm-hmm. it's where I, it, my issues start to come into play. Correct. 
So. Yeah. It's not an easy thing to talk about. Um, I will throw out there, I've been informed. This Rainjoy does this a lot in her writing. Um, her default dynamic is kind of this one character is a very fragile, um, you know, a very fragile mental state. And the other one mm-hmm. is that supporting and, and you know, like... Mm-hmm. just the other person and that kind of this kind of dynamic again apparently pops up in a lot of her other writing so right. I think this is just a style she likes writing in and she takes the characters that she likes and she kind of puts them into her own original dynamics that she enjoys writing about mm-hmm. <coughs> so that's why I do think there are times um, when Kurt in canon is you know, on the brink of tears or going to break down, but I, it's right. it, brain joy kind of exploits that one particular trait that happened early in the series. Correct. To, yeah. And molds it onto her own archetype type characters. And there's probably an argument in there somewhere that a lot of people did that, that held on to that season one, season two, Kurt, and didn't let him grow with the show. Or Um, grow in the way that the show went. Right. Right. Yeah. Which is fine. I mean, like I said, when we get done, when we wrap this up, I think Beth and I are going to have a long conversation about... what is an AU? How far can you go with an AU? Correct. Yeah. You know, et cetera, et cetera. Like, and again, it's fan fiction in that you are open to do whatever you want. I mean, I'm not writing about like having this conversation about the story. Um, as if it was an original piece of fiction, would just have a lot of other, I would actually be maybe even harder on some of the tropey female male issues that go on in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's weird. Anyway. I don't see what you mean though. I really do. So, so yeah, that's the, that's the chapter 17 through 19. I mean, and chapter 19 ends with them taking photographs of each other so they can capture the moment that cannot be explained with words. Correct. As bring joy describes it with words. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's, they are actually pretty good chapters. I think 18 is the best one in the entire um, thing. But the, the thing about this is that Blaine getting shot and he's out for a while is going to start this kind of snowball effect. And it's going to just, we're going to just keep going till the end. And I, I do like that the pace picks up. I think all of these chapters, the pace is, picks up. And, um, yeah, it's, we're going to get into some actual superhero-esque craziness coming up. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's coming up. Awesome. So join us next week. We'll be doing chapters 20, 21 and 22. Mm -hmm. Um, after that, it's going to be four chapters until the end. Just a heads up. Gray is going to be done a little differently. Um, we are just going to break that up into about four different parts. Um, yeah. I, it's we're just running out of time is really the long and the short of it. Um, if we did a chapter with Gray, we'd be here for another thirty weeks, and we don't really want to do that. So, <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, if you guys you know have comments or questions or whatever, um, we've been having a great conversation on Tumblr about that. You can go to Space Urban Eighteen and check out what we've been talking about. You can always write to us. We can always try and bring up things up in our commentary through it um absolutely yeah definitely so yeah that's where we're at all right i think we did it all right yes see you next sunday yeah
are bad, but now they're okay. Only me or my, you're the apple of my eye, girl. I never loved one like you. Found you hiding here, so won't you take my hand, darling? There's nothing that can stop you from becoming popular, Lar. Say